Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. We discuss current issues in our Christian faith and chat about our lives. We do a devotional together. We offer prayers and praise that you share with us. Never be alone. Join us. You can reach us at our website, which is branchliving.com. You can reach us through Facebook at Branch Living. There we have an international community, and it would be a privilege to have you join us. You can comment there, post photos, prayer requests, praise reports. So join us on Facebook at Branch Living. You can also email your prayer requests and praise reports to me at lisa at branchliving.com. Here we try to podcast two to three times each week, and we begin with a bit about our day, and next we share a prayer, and then we um, go to the heart of our podcast, which is the Branch Living message, and we talk about issues in our lives. We move to just a bit about Christian news, views, and events, just interesting things happening in today's Christian family. We have a brief devotional written by one of the Christian greats, And then we end with your comments and your prayer and praise reports. So join us and spread the word. We'd love to hear from you. And so uh, right now we're going to just get ourselves centered in this crazy, busy uh, Christmas season this year. Just a very unusual season in this pandemic. So lots going on, but lots that we cannot do. People we can't see, travels we can't make. And so um, I know on one hand, a lot of us are super, super busy trying to get cards out and get gifts purchased and get gifts sent this year because so many of us uh, are going to be missing people, but also just crazy times with this pandemic and uh, can't wait to get this over seeing vaccines on the horizon. So with all of that at hand and all of that going on, let us uh, center ourselves in the presence of God. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with busy minds and busy hearts, and we just ask you to calm our minds as we share this brief time together, and we uh, listen to your word, and we share some information and friendship, and we pray together, and we praise you for your goodness. Help us focus on the true meaning of this season, the birth of your son, the gift of your son, um, and the, the Holy Spirit coming into this word, it, world as this tiny baby, uh, just present in Christ and ready to burst forth uh, through his death and just enrich our entire world and be within us. So this very seed of a moment as we begin the Christian walk together, this baby born in Bethlehem, we thank you so much, Father, for that gift. Uh, for the gift of His Spirit and for the Holy Spirit that followed Him. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Uh, So this is really a season of giving and I thought today I would focus a little bit about that. We are on the A in Branch Living, which is almsgiving. Um, Any time of year is a good time to give, right? But as Christians, the Bible instructs us to be good givers. So some of my favorite scripture passages that speak to the importance of giving include, and this one's coming from 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
I love that because, you know, sometimes we give and, oh, the pain of having to give too much, but God loves a cheerful giver. And so when we get ready to give that gift, we really do need to keep that in mind. Uh, Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And I think that's something so important for us to remember that it's not the uh, crumbs at the end of the meal that we are supposed to serve up, but we are supposed to give our first fruits, our best efforts. We're supposed to write that check right off the top um, in terms of our giving. The next one is Proverbs 3, 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. So always do good when you can. And um, lastly, and, and I could go on and on because there's so many great scripture passages on giving. But the last one I'll touch on today is Psalm 37, 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. And so who does not want to be righteous in, in the presence of the Lord? So uh, the Lord really does instruct us to give and to give generously. Um, but as Christians, I think it is also really important that we give wisely. And when it comes to giving to organizations, I think of it as watering seeds. You know, people plant their good works and then we bring resources to help them grow the good they're wanting to do. But each of us has a limited amount of time and money to invest. And so we really should give that gift, those gifts of time and money with great care. We should ensure that the charities we support are really good seed, that they will grow and that they will spread the good work that we're seeking to fund. So I know that there are those who are really afraid to give to charities. I talk to people like this all the time. They hear these stories of charities uh, that give a huge amount of their funds to salaries in top, of those in top positions. Or they hear about charities that really hoard their funds and only give a limited amount to the work they profess to do. But you know, those terrible stories should not deter us from giving. It should though make us pause and examine the organizations we wanna support. So how can you do this? Well, here are a few things that I do as background checks on the charities I want to support. First of all, I ensure that the charity truly is tax exempt. And this can be done through the IRS's site and you go there and you click on a link that the exempt organizations select check tool. And that site then will allow you to verify that the organization that you're giving to is a registered nonprofit. The second thing that I do is I go to guidestar.org and I look for the charity and there I can review the charity's financial information. Um, and so sometimes, you know, charities do have a lot of salaries associated with them, but I look at that as a percentage of their budget, not, not just looking at that salary number. I look at how much they give, uh, what they are giving to, are they supporting the mission at hand? And all of that can be found on guidestar.org. For well-established Christian nonprofits, and, and again, these have to be well-established because I think you have to have a few years of financials um, to be able to join this group. But for those that are well-established, and again, they are for Christian nonprofits, I check to see if they are a member of the ECFA. Now, ECFA stands for Evangelical Council of Financial Accountability, and that they give a certification to members who meet their standards. 
So ECFA enhances trust in Christian-centered churches and ministries by establishing and applying seven different standards that they have come up with that they consider to be kind of the gold standard for responsible stewardship to accredited organizations. So those checks, you know, GuideStar and the IRS, these checks that I do don't guarantee that the organization is using its money well, but these checks do offer good information to better understand how the organization uses the money it receives. Then my last check that I do is I see how others view that organization. I go on social media and see what those they serve are saying about the organization. Uh, do they have people who are giving very specific examples of the good that the group professes to be doing? I ask friends and family members if they know of the organization. And sometimes I listen to uh, media whom, that I trust. If I see it in a magazine or see it in a blog and I trust the author, I, I take that into account as well. So even with all of this, there is no certainty that the group is truly doing good. But I really feel when I do these things, I've done my homework and then I give. You know, there is absolutely no better feeling than helping others. So don't give up on giving. Give wisely, give generously, but definitely as Christians, we absolutely have to be good and generous givers. So that is our Branch Living Talk for today. And uh, it really fits the season because many people right now are giving their gifts or they are getting ready to do their year-end giving. And it's good to be smart about that. So looking then at Christian news, an article I wanted to share with you comes from Christian Headlines. Um, and I found this to be a really great project that these two churches are doing. So the, the article really focuses mainly on one church in South Carolina. And it says, South Carolina Church to Construct Tiny House Village for Homeless Women. So a South Carolina church has set out to build a tiny house village that is to be used to provide shelter for homeless, for local homeless women. The project that is being led by the First Baptist of Spartanburg involves the construction of 20 tiny houses plus a common building. So the church plans on holding a meeting with local government boards next year, and they hope to start construction as soon as 2021 next year. In an interview with the Christian Post, uh, Steve Wise, who serves as the missions minister at First Baptist, shared how this project came to be. Wise explained that the church was seeking to expand their homeless ministry and they had received requests from local groups. And he went on to say that the church has been very much aware of the problem the homeless face and the problems in the city of meeting the homeless needs for a while. Together, what we already knew about, we took whatever what we already knew about the homeless and we had conversations and we talked about what was going on in our city with the homeless task force and others. And that is how we came to make our decision. This tiny house village will be located on property that First Baptist already owns in the north side of Spartanburg. The location is also near their ministry for the less fortunate known as the bridge. They expect that the cost of each individual housing unit will be $30,000. Additionally, the Commons building will cost around $200,000 
and it will be used for the gatherings of the homeless. And now this is a quote from Wise. The tiny houses are not designed for cooking and eating. They will be very simple, but we want meal times to be community time. There will be some meetings with everybody that we'll be having weekly, and there'll be some special trainings, and there will be one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching that happens, and that building will provide space for that, that big commons area. So some people in the church have already planned to pay for the construction, while the church will depend on volunteer labor to help offset the financial cost of creating this village. Wise feels optimistic that the construction plans will be approved after it's presented to the local zoning commission and a design review board. First and foremost, God cares about everyone. He certainly cares about our homeless friends, and we really think God can do something amazing here and can bring about solutions. So the Christian Post goes on to say that similarly, they've also learned that Faith Lutheran Church in Forest Lake, Minnesota, has received approval to build a tiny house village for the homeless known as the Sacred Settlement. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I know that so many people have tried to address the problems of the homeless that the homeless face. And um, it's very, very difficult to make inroads in that area because sometimes you're talking about multi-generations of um, people who have been homeless. But this village sounds really intriguing that um, community is kind of at the center of their efforts and that they aren't just looking at community, but they're looking at group activities and mentoring and one-on-one -on -one meetings. So God bless them as they um, try to address this in their community. Um, so now we're going to go to our devotional. And again, we are looking at um, Charles Spurgeon. And uh, this is a reading that I picked out because it, it does go with the spirit of giving for this year. It kind of follows the um, talk that we had earlier about wise giving. And so the scripture passage is Acts 16, 14, and very short, whose heart the Lord opened. In Lydia's conversion, there are many points of interest. It was brought about by providential circumstances. She was a seller of purple in the city of Tyridia, and just at the right time hearing Paul, we find her at Philippi, the province which is a hand, the province which is handmaiden of grace, led her to the right spot. So she wasn't in her native city. She was in Philippi and she heard Paul. And what Spurgeon is telling us is that Providence, the handmaiden of grace, led her to the right spot. Again, grace was preparing her soul for the blessing. Grace preparing for grace. She did not know the Savior, but as a Jew, she knew many truths, which were excellent stepping stones to a knowledge of Jesus. And I just want to pause there and say, isn't that true? That um, sometimes people don't know Jesus, um, but they know their Old Testament and can kind of work their way to him that way in terms of him kind of bringing them along. But they can also be brought along with Jesus calling to them through us and through what we set as an example to others. So I thought that was a great way of putting it. She knew many truths, which were excellent stepping stones to a knowledge of Jesus. Her conversion took place in the use of the means. On the Sabbath, she went when the prayer was, 
was wont to be made, and there her prayer was heard. Never neglect the means of grace. God may bless us when we are not in his house, but we have the greater reason to hope that he will when we are in communion with his saints. Observe the words whose heart the Lord opened. She did not open her own heart. Her prayers did not open her heart, and Paul did not open her heart. The Lord himself must open the heart to receive the things which make for our peace. He alone can put the key into the hole of the door and open it and get admittance for himself. He is the heart's master and he is the heart's maker. The first outward evidence of the opened heart was obedience. As soon as Lydia had believed in Jesus, she was baptized. It is a sweet sign of a humble and broken heart when the child of God is willing to obey a command which is not essential to his salvation, which is not forced upon him by selfish fear of condemnation, but is a simple act of obedience and of communion with his master. The next evidence was love, manifesting itself in acts of grateful kindness to the apostles. Love to the saints has ever been a mark of, true, of a true convert. Those who do nothing for Christ or his church give but sorry evidence of an opened heart. Lord, evermore, give me an opened heart. And so Spurgeon um, is giving this wonderful example of Lydia. And Lydia was, she was a wealthy woman who sold purple cloth and purple dye. And uh, she used her wealth then to be very generous to the disciples of Jesus during that time. And so Spurgeon is commenting that as she was baptized, you know, she went through, as she was converted, she went through baptism and she didn't have to, um, but she wanted to. And it was an act of submission and an act to show her faithfulness and her belief in Jesus. But then the next evidence was love and how that love manifested itself was in the act of kindness, you know, that giving. She was a giver to the apostles. Uh, it says, love to the saints has ever been a mark of a true convert. Those who do nothing for Christ or for his church give but sorry evidence of an open heart. And so in that, uh, Charles Spurgeon is telling us that if we want to show evidence of an open heart, we are good givers, particularly to the church and to our fellow Christians. So amen to that. What a great lesson for today. Uh, and a great way to end our talk about giving. I wanna move now to our prayers and we've had a number of prayers come in and it's interesting because the way I get most of the prayer requests, um, I would think I would get them through email, I guess because I get so many emails every day or would get them um, directly on Facebook, but so many people are messaging me through Facebook and I guess that is a very private way of being able to give uh, prayer requests. So a very specific prayer request that came in uh, since our last time together uh, was a woman who is deaf and she lives in the Philippines and she has a school that she teaches at and she teaches the Bible and about Jesus to these deaf children in the Philippines. And so uh, what she is asking us to pray for is for uh, God's providence on this school that God will provide for these children. And she did mention in her message to me 
that these children are quite poor, so we certainly do want to hold that effort, that whole school up in prayer. And then um, just two categories of prayer that really have come through. Um, many people are asking for prayers for health, uh, and then I've had several, maybe three or four uh, prayers for finances, and I think that's so true uh, for two reasons. This pandemic has certainly stressed people all over the world. I mean, these aren't, these aren't Americans alone. These are people uh, who have written me from all different areas of the world, the Philippines, um, uh, Georgia, um, of the United States, and have, have said, you know, I'm, I'm poor, I need help. And so we're seeing this more and more. And I think this season too, when people feel stressed to give and uh, their finances are quite stressed, really brings out that feeling of poverty. So let's pray for this school for the deaf. And let's also um, pray for the health of those who are suffering and pray for finances. So would you join me please in uh, prayer? Heavenly Father, we bring these needs before you. This school uh, for the deaf children, please do bring your wealth and bring good givers to that school so that that school can make a difference in the lives of these children who are deaf and that they can hear your word uh, through braille and through their own ways of learning and also they can uh, just really bring you into their spirit and can embrace your word. We also ask for the health um, of people throughout the world, especially in light of this pandemic, but many health needs that aren't just affiliated with this pandemic. And so we ask you to bring about the spirit of healing in people's lives. And Father, we also pray for finances. We know that these are stressful times that the pandemic has brought many financial stresses to people all over the world, but also during this season of gift giving, uh, families often feel the strain. And so we are lifting up all of these individuals to you. Show us how to be good givers. Uh, inspire us to give to those areas where you feel work needs to be done. Open our hearts as you open Lydia's to be a great giver. We pray this in your name, amen. So I will end by reminding you of our Bible study. We have Bible study uh, every Tuesday night, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time through 8 p.m. And as I said, it's a small group. We have people come and go. Some people have been with us just for a day. Others are there every week. We have a core group, I'd say, of about six people and then others that kind of come and go, which is great. We love to have people when we can. And so if you would like to join our Bible study or even just give us a try, uh, just all you have to do is email me at lisa at branchliving.org or you can message me through Facebook or you can just write me at Facebook. So uh, all those are good ways to get a hold of me. You can also go to the website and my email is there, branchliving.org. Um, so it's been great spending this time with you. I appreciate your taking time. It's really a privilege to spend time with you, particularly during these very busy times. Uh, so take a breath, uh, sit back, enjoy the season. Don't just rush through the season. The season only comes once a year. And so the opportunity to bring God into our lives in this very special way through the birth of this baby is really miraculous. And we need to take time to appreciate the miracle. So until we talk again, until we spend time together, stay close to God, stay in touch, and I will chat with you again 
very soon. God bless. Thank you.